This Thacker Slate podcast is hosted by Connie Thacker and Allison Slate, two experienced attorneys who believe honesty, transparency, and knowledge are key to achieving the best legal outcomes. A variety of topics, particularly those related to sensitive family law matters, are candidly covered by Connie and Allison in a way that's refreshing, timely, and practical for listeners. I'm here with Allison uh, today, and we want to talk to you and give you some information on custody and parenting time. And what do those terms really mean? What does the court look to when they consider custody and parenting time so that you can uh, be better prepared uh, in the event that you go through a divorce and these issues come up in your case? Uh, Custody, we often hear, uh, what's the difference between physical custody and legal custody? And legal custody generally is joint in the state of Michigan, meaning both parents share in the obligation of having joint legal custody. And generally that means that both parents must agree on the health, education, welfare, and maintenance of the children. And if you can't agree, then you have to go to the court and the court will make that decision for you. So most cases have that. Uh, When we see that one parent ends up with sole legal custody is generally when the parents are unable to make decisions jointly together. And so they, uh, they, meaning the court, usually picks one party to make all of those decisions for the children. And that can definitely impact your case because if someone has sole legal custody, it opens up the door for them to be able to move outside of the 100 miles of where the case started. And that can really significantly impact a parent's ability to spend time with their child if their child is now relocated to a different state. Yeah, and then when we look at the factors of physical custody, um, people often ask what that means. And by definition, we don't really have a definition in the state of Michigan of what physical custody means. It generally just means the time that the parent is with the child and uh, the parenting time schedule can be set so that it's either uh, 50-50 or some combination of that. But generally to determine uh, custody, the court looks at the best interest factors of the children. And those factors are enumerated uh, in statute, and the court goes through an analysis of looking at the love and affection and emotional ties between the parties and the child, the capacity of the parties to give the child love, affection, and guidance, uh, the capacity of the parents to provide the child with food, clothing, medical care, uh, and other um, material aspects of the child's life, the length that the child has lived in a stable and satisfactory environment, and desirability of maintaining that. The court's also going to look uh, to the best interest factor, uh, the permanence of the family unit and the existing uh, or proposed custodial homes. The moral fitness of the parties is also uh, considered. And so that has to do with, you know, the, the actions of the parties and how they acted in the marriage and how are they acting uh, in the divorce as it relates to the children. The court also looks to the mental and physical health of the parties involved, which means what exactly what it says. You know, what's the mental health? Does uh, either parent have a mel- mental illness? Does either parent uh, have some sort of health condition that would uh, infringe upon their custody and parenting time? The court also looks to the home, the school, and the community of the child. And the court also uh, considers the preference of the child. And this is a question that we get a lot in terms of when can my child make a decision on going for parenting time? When they're 18. 
And so many people think that they get a voice when they're 14 or they get a voice when they're 15 or 16. They get a preference voice, which is considered, but they do not get to pick, as Allison just indicated, when they can go for parenting time until they are an adult. And that is a huge uh, misperception of the society out there in terms of when can a child make his or her decision on going for parenting time. So the court also considers the willingness and the ability of each party to facilitate and encourage a close relationship between the parents. And the court's also going to consider for custody uh, and parenting time the domestic violence and whether or not the child uh, witnessed any of the domestic violence in the family. And then there's always a catch-all for the court to consider, which is any other uh, relevant uh, factors. And the court will go through an analysis of this. Generally, they've had uh, someone from the front of the court or a custody evaluator already do an investigation and make a recommendation, and they're going to be considering all of these uh, best interest factors. And then uh, the court looks uh, to parenting time, and parenting time is uh, its own little animal in terms of the statute and what factors the court considers. Yeah, as if that isn't comprehensive enough, uh, there are additional parenting time factors that the court can consider in determining the frequency, duration, and type of parenting time that's going to be involved in a case. Uh, for example, if there are special needs of a child, the court can consider that as a factor. The court can also, if it's a, a fairly um, young child, six months of age or less, consider whether or not there is uh, nursing involved in that child's life at that point in time. Uh, there's also uh, whether or not there's a likelihood of abuse if the child is with one parent or another parent. Uh, parties and, and often don't reside in the same area. They might not have that uh, marital background. Maybe they were, there was some other relationship. Uh, so it's also the burdensome travel should be considered. Um, whether a parent can reasonably be, reasonably be expected to exercise parenting time in accord with the court order. Uh, again, distance alone sometimes makes that an impossibility and we have to structure things around that. Uh, and whether a parent has frequently failed to exercise their parenting time. I mean, that's that's a simple way to lose your parenting time is to simply not exercise. Well, and we're often asked the, the question of what's a normal parenting time schedule and there is no norm uh, because every family is completely different. So we could have some families that are exercising what we refer to as a 225 schedule, which means one parent generally has Monday and Tuesday and the other parent has Wednesday and Thursday and we're alternating the weekends. Uh, sometimes we see parents who do week on, week off with their kids. Uh, we don't see that very often because one parent generally doesn't want to go the entire a week without seeing the other uh, child. And so when the court structures these parenting time schedules, they really look to what have the kids been doing, who's been doing most of the transportation, what are their extracurricular activities, and the court has an obligation to make sure that the parenting time schedule in order uh, has both parents having sufficient contact uh, with the parents. So there's really no norm for parenting time uh, schedules. And I think at the beginning of your case, it, it's prudent to sit down and really analyze what is your family life like while you're together? And what does that look like after you separate? Uh, where is everyone going to live? How is that going to impact where, what parenting time schedule you choose? Uh, but even holidays, you want to sit down and really look at what are your family traditions? Is it Christmas Eve is always with your husband's parents or uh, 
some other variation of that? Or is there a Thanksgiving trip that you always take? It's really important to kind of sit down and self-reflect on what's going to fit you best because it's not a one-size-fits-all type of um, situation. And the real reason that you really want to spend some time doing that, as Allison suggested, is because once you do that parenting time schedule and you reduce it to an order, it's really difficult for us to get it changed unless we can show some material change in circumstance in the child's life to change the parenting time schedule. And sometimes people will say, well, I moved or uh, the kids are switching schools or whatever it might be. And sometimes those excuses or reasons are, are not enough for us to be able to modify the parenting time schedule schedule. So you got to be really careful in what you do. And one other uh, aspect of parenting time that I think we should ch chat about that people come and ask us this question often is nesting agreements. And what is a nesting agreement? A nesting agreement is when both parties try and keep the kids in one environment. So the parents will swap in and out of that environment, whether it's their house or an apartment or something, and one parent will have the kids and access to them during a specific period of time and then move out and then the other parent will move in and the kids kind of have that uh, consistency and that they're still in their same marital home or whatever the case may be. But oftentimes there's uh, significant problems with having a nesting arrangement. Yeah, and sometimes we see them at the very beginning of the case uh, when the court will do that. We used to see them more often when the economy was down and people didn't have places to go, but now most people have another uh, place for them to move to. Uh, we also hear uh, people asking, should they move out of the house before the parenting time schedule is put in place? And our general advice is no. Absolutely not. Because we want our clients to be in the marital home and with the kids until we actually get a schedule in place. Um, so the nesting agreement also, sometimes it sends a message to the children that maybe their parents aren't getting divorced. And so it becomes complicated from an emotional perspective as well. But we don't generally see courts continue those uh, very long. Exactly. And, I, and you just commented on the kids in the case. And I think it's important that when you're going through the divorce process, that you know the kids are your primary audience. So they should, they should be aware of it. They should know it first. And uh, keeping them in the dark is probably not the best move on your part. So just remember, there are differences uh, between uh, legal custody and the physical custody, and court looks to the best interest standards uh, to set the custody, and then the court also looks to a parameter of factors uh, for parenting time, and there is no one-size-fits-all. Exactly. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Thacker Slate podcast. If you have additional questions, do not hesitate to contact us at 616-888-3810 or visit our website, thackerslate.com, for additional information.